again, and welcome to another episode of Rotating Reels, the film review podcast where we rotate between new releases and favorites recommended by the co-hosts. I'm one of your hosts, Hank Showalter, and I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. Calling in from Portland, Oregon, we have my co-host Keegan Tran. Say hi, Keegan. Hello. And calling in also from Seattle, we have my co-host Taylor May. They trapped me again. I, I got away one time, but they got me again. Someone help me. That's right. We have got Taylor back after his, uh, his brief hiatus, <laughs> and we intend to keep him. Um, with that said, this week we've got a uh, review that I'm very excited about. It is a Hank Showalter selection. This week we are going to be reviewing uh, <clears throat> 2016's A Dark Song which is a Welsh-Irish independent horror production. We'll talk more about that when we get to the review proper, but before that, a couple pieces of business to get to. First of all, as ever, just want to remember everyone that we have a Patreon. Uh, so if you go to rotatingreels.com, that'll take you right to our Patreon, where if you subscribe for the low rate of $5 a month, or more if you're feeling generous, um, you can get access to our sideshow, which we call Rotating Reels After Hours. It's kind of like Rotating Reels, except we're even looser than on the main show. Uh, not everything <laughs> is a review on After Hours. Sometimes we just have arguments. Sometimes we have shootouts between favorite movies in a, in a category or favorite streaming services. Anyway, we get up to all sorts of nonsense over there. And uh, I'm excited to announce that we have Thank a brand new episode of After Hours dropping next week. I won't tell you more about it now, but if you're interested, check out uh, rotatingreels.com. Now then, that is my shameless plug for the Patreon. Just want to say that if uh, you'd like to support us, but you don't want to pay any money, feel free to head on over to the iTunes store, Apple Music. I don't know if Am Amazon does podcasts, but if they do, you know, head over there and just drop us a review. Uh, you know, reviews really help us just kind of, you know, pop up when people are searching. So it's greatly appreciated if you, if you feel like doing that. Okay, that's the second shameless plug. Um, first for the Patreon, second for just reviewing us. Now we have one last order of business before our review of A Dark Song. And that is everyone's favorite segment, What We've Been Watching. So for those of you that are new here, uh, before we do the main review, uh, each of the three co-hosts gets three minutes to talk about what we've been watching or reading or playing for the past week, just kind of covering how we've connected with the culture over the past seven days. <laughs> so, that said, I'm going to hand it over to Taylor May. Ooh. You got three minutes. Tell us about what you've been watching. Well, I, I haven't had uh, any kind of internet access for about a month. Um, so, I've only been a couple things since I've got back, but one of them I'm really excited about. It's called Katla. Have you guys seen this on Netflix, either of you guys? No. Oh, so it's an Icelandic production. Um, and so the language is mostly in Icelandic, but there's great moments when they meet uh, the Icelanders, meet other people uh, that don't speak Icelandic. So they communicate in the only language they all know, which is English. Um, but it is a really interesting sci-fi fantasy blend story. Um, Katla is the name of a real volcano. Uh, it erupts periodically, and there's been some shenanigans going on with the latest eruption, and uh, the poor people that are left in this town have to deal with uh, all the craziness coming out of this volcano. I don't want to say any more, because just saying even a little bit might ruin it, not not ruin the uh, 
the whole plot because every every time you think you've got a good feel on what's going on they just throw another wrench in there um, and so there's only one season out so far it came out this year but they ended the season with a good setup for another season so i'm looking forward to it that's again available on netflix um, the only other two things I watched, I know both you guys are going to laugh <laughs> at me so hard for these. I watched two uh, single-season uh, Masterpiece Theater series on, from BBC. The first one was Wolf Hall, uh, which is about, uh, well, it's about King Henry VIII's, uh, you know, marriages and beheadings and all that jazz. But it's all through the lens of Thomas Cromwell, the, I think, great-grandfather of uh, the Cromwell that would eventually, you know, take over Parliament and everything. A little spoiler there. <laughs> um, so that was that was a real treat. Costumes are great. All very historically accurate uh, trappings and settings and everything. So really enjoyed that one. And then the second one, uh, I haven't finished yet, but it's, um, again, Masterpiece Theater. It's a screen adaptation of War and Peace, the famous Tolstoy novel. I've always wanted to read War and Peace, and then I look at how big it is, and then I think I'm never going to read that, maybe if I'm trapped on a you know, <laughs> desert island or something. Um, so this has been nice, and, and the cast is really incredible. It's, it's, the story itself is kind of like, it's kind of meandering, and I, I get the feeling they had to cut a lot to fit it into eight episodes, um, each an hour long, but... If you don't, if you're ever gonna read the actual book, then go ahead and watch the uh, the BBC uh, miniseries. I think you'll you'll get a lot out of it. And that's it. That's all I've watched recently. You know, that actually sounds like a significant time investment. So even though it was three things, I think that's that counts as a heavy watch week. Um, that first one, the Icelandic one, what's it called again? And can we it, we can find it on Netflix? Yeah, it's called Katla. K A T L A. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. Yeah. Taylor, that yeah. sounds like the most oh, boring week of European cinema that I could ever imagine. I just want to nap <laughs> on your couch hearing your, what we've been watching. <laughs> you want to nap on his couch? I, got I would imagine that's what Taylor was doing, was probably just sleeping <laughs> through it and then telling us he liked it. <laughs> no, I honestly, the costuming really gets me through a lot of these period pieces. Just, you know, like gotcha. in, in War and Peace, they, they got the M lapel, which was like a real brief thing that happened in the early 1800s, late 1700s. So it's always fun to catch those little things. Hmm. I love hearing the, your uh, your like your your fashionable menswear's takes, Taylor. Because you know, I, I I try and look good, but I'm not that in the know. And then I hear you using these specific terms for specific items of clothing, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm glad someone's thought about this. You know, I'm well, glad I'm to not... know I have options. Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not so knowledgeable that I ruin it for myself, but I know people that like can't watch Downton Abbey because the door moldings are very clearly not. Those were clearly added in the 50s, and that is not appropriate. So I can't even watch Downton Abbey because the door moldings are off. So I don't go that far as to ruin it for okay. myself. Yeah, you know, you're still I, an I, enjoyable I like person to be around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not an insufferable prick. <laughs> <laughs> Just a prick. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds uh, actually pretty fun. I'm going to push back on Keegan saying that sounds boring. If you ever want me to come over and, and watch some of that with you, you know, just <laughs> get get a nice bottle of gin, make me a drink, and I'll I'll be over in a heartbeat. Oh, there um, there is a Taylor Week coming up that Keegan is gonna love. It's gonna be oh, oh it's oh I don't even want, I don't even want to spoil it. Okay. Well, let me know when it's coming up because I'm going to want to come over to your place for that. You sound like you know how to enjoy these things. Now then, <laughs> Keegan. What you've been watching? 
Yeah, so I watched fun stuff. Uh, kind of known as the guy <laughs> that watches things that are enjoyable. Uh, I watched some, some pretty good stuff this week. So Amazon Prime has a new docu-series called Lula Rich, which is a four-part mini-series about Lula Rowe, which is a multi-level marketing company. Um, there's there's a lot of content that a lot of people have talked about these companies and you know obviously most people know that they're scams um but not a lot of documentaries get so much behind the scenes footage uh, the entire documentary is kind of overlaid with interviews with the the head of the company um, and her husband so you get a lot of like first party recollections of, of what was going on during their growth so you know basically we're chronicling the very beginning of this company all the way up to you know these huge lawsuits they went with you know with the state of washington and, and many other states that sued them in these class action lawsuits uh, but you also get a lot of you know testimonials from these women who were you know, high to mid to low level sellers. And they were like, you know, we were broke stay at home moms and we saw an ad on Facebook and we thought this could be something interesting to join. So super interesting. I'm always really fascinated in this. Like, um, I really, really think it's it's a lot of fun when people I went to high school with are reaching out to me to sell Arbonne or things like this. So I'm always kind of fascinated by the whole culture of multi-level marketing. So this is a really easy, like fun watch. I think it's only like 30 minutes per episode. So that's on Amazon Prime. Um, I recently restarted my watch of um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Woo! which I honestly consider to be one of the best anime series of all time. Um, and it's interesting, looking back on this, it's a series that deals with familial bonds and someone who is working to come to terms with the loss of a family member, um, very similar to our main review, except this is actually fun to watch and well-made. I'll get into that later with my main review, but I love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, I think everyone should watch it. I think, you know, if you have the time, also watch the original series from like 2005. I think it's 2005, 2006. Everything Full Metal Alchemist is just amazing. It's all on Netflix and it's it's so good. It's also like one of the more approachable animes in that the English dub is really, really well made for the time. So you don't have to read subtitles if you don't want to listen to it in Japanese. Um, I actually watched the show in English as well. So I would obviously highly recommend that. Um, and I think that's it. I actually don't think I watched much else this week. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to say I love Full Mellow Alchemist, uh, both the original and Brotherhood. Um, so super excited that you're rewatching it. Um, bristling a little bit about your comments um <laughs> relating to our main review but uh we'll, we'll fight about that later um with that i'm gonna get into my what i've been watching so um i don't have a super light what i've been watching week this week but it is a lot of things that i've been watching for the past few weeks so i'll keep it quick um so first of all wellington paranormal been watching that for i think almost two months now maybe over two months. Uh, it's a spin-off series of What We Do in the Shadows. It's still as good as ever. I love it. Every time there's a new episode, I'm pretty thrilled. And uh, actually, I think there's a new episode for me to watch tonight. So that's awesome. Um, if you <clears throat> like comedy, if you like kind of a mockumentary style, it should be up your alley. Also been watching What We Do in the Shadows. Um, it's the aforementioned series that Wellington Paranormal is a spin-off of. Um, what we do in the shadows uh, they're airing their third season now and the first three episodes have aired already loving it i it is as good as, as the series ever been um 
it may even be the best the series has ever been. You know, I, I want to wait to say that for sure until they finish airing the third season, but it's pretty damn good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. No, no, uh, no fears that it's going to go downhill. It seems like they've hit a, a solid stride here. Uh, besides that, I mentioned that I've been doing a uh, season one to the end rewatch of Survivor. Um, and I broke my own rules on that because I got to season five and remembered why people don't recommend watching every single season. Um, Survivor has some stinker seasons, though on the whole, I do still heartily recommend it. Uh, you know, though the first one I'd say to skip is five. It's, it's forgettable. Well, actually, it's not that forgettable. It's just kind of shitty. Um, what, what makes, a, as someone who's not watched much Survivor, what makes a season shitty compared to like a good season? Just a complete lack of likable characters, um, then also like some drama that's kind of uh, distasteful to a modern audience. Uh, there's some things that are handled back then. Uh, there, there's like a, a what they called Grindgate occurs in Survivor Season 5, where someone is like grinding on one of his female tribe members um, at mm -hmm. night. Um, and in, in the way it got handled back then in like 2003 or whatever was basically everyone laughed and they're like, ah, oh, she's probably lying. And they voted her out. Um, and for oh, an audience yuck. member in 2021, you're like, oh, Jesus, that's uh, I hope not how we would handle that today. Um, so anyway, okay. there are seasons you can give a miss to. Uh, some social elements haven't aged that well. And season five doesn't have a single likable character anyway. Got it. Um, okay. Besides that, I've also been doing a season one and on rewatch of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, nice. Nothing so distasteful there. I like Drag Race. Uh, you know, it's kind of zany. It's like a fairly wholesome good time, despite all <clears throat> the drama that goes on between the various drag queens. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if you want a reality competition show, Survivor and RuPaul's Drag Race are both great options. Besides that, the only thing I watched uh, this past week was... A dark song which is our main review so i have to ask my co-hosts are we feeling ready to get into it yeah yeah i i do want to see a crossover between rupaul's drag race and survivor where they put all the drag queens <laughs> in their drag queen outfits on the island and make them deal with it you know there's part of me that's like maybe they'd kill it you know they might have like enough materials in the outfits that they'd be just ready to survive <laughs> for like the entire 39 days or whatever yeah, they got rope party in there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But so anyway, a dark song. Um, so for those of you that are new to the show, uh, we review one movie per episode and we review it in two segments. The first is a spoiler-free segment where we talk about uh, all, all the stuff we can without spoiling plot points of the film. You know, we can talk about cinematography, scoring, acting, costuming, you know, all those things that are probably not going to spoil the movie on their own. Uh, once we kind of conclude all we can say in that segment, we'll give you a warning and then we'll move into spoilers. If you haven't seen the movies uh, or the movie yet, feel free to hop off after that warning. Uh, if you don't think you'll see the movie, feel free to conti continue watching. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of our, our structure. So for now, we're sticking to spoiler-free stuff. I'm going to pull up an IMDb blurb of the movie, so if you haven't seen it and you want to hear our spoiler-free review, you at least have some context. So here's the blurb. A determined young woman and a damaged occultist risk their lives and souls to perform a dangerous ritual that will grant them what they want. Um, I, I think that, that that doesn't quite do the movie justice. Uh, there's maybe some wording I would change around in there. But 
I recommended the movie, so I'm not going to harp on my opinions too much here. I want to hear what my co-hosts have to say. So since since Taylor started off what we've been watching, Keegan, why don't you start us off with uh, your general spoiler-free thoughts on the film? He's already shaking his head. Don't do that. I don't think you want to do that. Do you want to reconsider? I think you might want Taylor to go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At Keegan's, bequ- <laughs> it's Keegan's request, uh, Taylor, <laughs> you want to go first? <laughs> I love the idea of this movie i love the concept i think it was uh really well done i liked a lot of the plot points the acting was great cinematography was great um the movie's pretty gross that that that's the only thing i would pretty say gross is, it's 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 gross in some parts and and when we get into the spoiler section i got a lot of questions about the grossness uh, was it necessary did it did it make it the movie better for it being in there um, but otherwise, no, I, I like the idea a lot. They went they went all the way with it, um, played with a lot of interesting stuff. So, yeah, I liked it. If you if you like kind of occult movies or you like kind of gross movies, I think you're going to love it. <laughs> all right. Now then, I think that, uh, Keegan, you've waited long enough. You feel free to unload your opinion here. <laughs> I So I actually felt so strongly after watching this movie. I, I wrote a little op-ed in bed after the movie wrapped up. <laughs> I, I felt so, so passionately about this. So uh, sometimes, you know, you, you see a movie and it, it fundamentally changes your perception of what a film can be. It'll shake your preconceived notions of the things you typically enjoy. It'll expand upon your understanding of cinematic language. So this week, in preparation for an episode of the show, I watched a movie uh, with its minuscule budget, microcast, single-shot location, and introspections on life quickly became one of my favorite films that we've ever reviewed. Between painstakingly slow shots and disorienting cinematography, I felt myself enraptured by each minute I sat watching. But enough about Richard Schenkman's The Man from Earth. (laughs) So switching to a dark song, uh, I find this movie absolutely abhorrent, and I hate it so, so much. But also, I feel that hate is too passionate a word for my emotions on this film. Calling a movie abhorrent and hateful implies a passion that I just don't feel about this movie whatsoever. And the only thing I can say about a dark song is that I feel an apathetic disdain towards it. And I truly find nothing enjoyable in the experience of watching it whatsoever. I enjoyed this movie so little that I considered texting you guys ahead of this review and asking to sit this review out as I truly feel that there's no discourse that I can add to your review whatsoever. I truly feel that this is the worst movie that we've reviewed and I am just absolutely baffled that anyone can feel so strongly positively about this movie that they would want to watch it in this kind of forum I I, I don't have anything else to say I, I just really was baffled and disgusted by this movie in a way that I don't think pushed me to think about anything differently right so we watched something like Suspiria or, or The Evil Within, which have incredibly graphic and scary imagery. Things that are honestly kind of gross to think about ever happening in real life. But in a way, I can enjoy the goofiness of it or in something like Suspiria. I can, I can appreciate that this is you know a graphic retelling of an Italian movie from a different era. And I can kind of get myself into that mindset. But with this movie, I just... I really am at a loss. And I, I tried to read some some op-eds and some other things about it afterwards to see, you know, the people that do enjoy it, what stuck out to them so much. And what you read the most is that this is just the most, you know, honest 
showing and retelling of, of occult stories. And, you know, the most accurate recollection of that that's been put to film in, in modern history that we have, at least. And with that being said, you know, there's these, these long videos on YouTube of these guys that are, you know, academic scholars, and they go long into the different stories and how the different characters represent different people throughout, you know, pagan stories and things like that that are retold in other parts of the world that we don't have privy to in the U.S. But even with that being said, it's just, it feels like homework, man. And, and the guy that I was watching, he was just saying, like, I'm not a film critic by any means. I am I have a PhD and I just really like occult stuff. And so I'm going to talk about all the occult stuff that I liked in it. Uh, and I just, I, it's just completely disconnected to me personally. <laughs> just has never interest you, the occult stuff. No, and I would I would never watch. I there's movies we could we watch on this show that I'm like it's not for me. But you know, even like Magic Mike XXL, which I might have been a little hard on. I, I think it's whoa, Freudian there. But I, I was a little a little tough on. I think there's still an audience for it, and I still had fun watching it to some extent. And I'd be like, there's people I'd recommend it to. I would never recommend anyone watch a dark song. Truly. Hmm. Do you, are you do you not know? Like, have you ever been friends with someone that got like way too into the occult stuff? Not until I met Hank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I think uh, to wrap all that up, would it be safe to say you're not all that warm on this movie? No, I'm. I'm truly. I. I and it's like I. I don't hate it. Like I. I feel like I'm coming off so negative, but it's just. I wish this movie didn't exist. Truly, I. It. You know, I, maybe a spoiler for our show, Rotating Reels. We just interviewed a relatively high-profile director who said, you know, I watch movies sometimes and wonder how could this budget be better allotted to a better story. And I, the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, the funding that went into this movie, however small it must have been, there are infinite possibilities that I would rather see it rerouted to to, to have those stories be told. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. In, wait, wait, infinite? <laughs> Infinite's a big word. It, it's not a big word, but it's a big concept that I agree with my use of. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm right, well, you. I'm just going to say, uh, for the record, I actually do really enjoy this movie, like, as something... To, like, I, like, I didn't recommend this on, on purely an academic basis, you know? It wasn't, like, how much can I make Keegan Tran uncomfortable? <laughs> this was actually a movie that I was like, man, I enjoyed this when I first saw it and would like to rewatch. Um, and just a little bit of background there, I read a lot of my horror. Um, like, I, I read, you know, horror in... in in uh, kind of the more literary horror genre. So I read a lot of stuff by these uh, somewhat famous horror authors. You might have heard of like H.P. Lovecraft. I also read a lot of stuff by Clark, Clark Ashton Smith, Laird Barron, Nathan Ballingrud. Um, these guys that write a lot about occultism, both real world and imagined. And a lot of that stuff uh, deals with occult rituals, but it largely says like this was a long and grueling ritual that they had to do at some point in their youth or at some point back in their life. Um, and then they don't go into much more detail than that. And they, they just kind of talk about like the fallout for other characters or like some fallout from the ritual that's affecting the, the, the protagonist. But this is one of the only times that I've seen kind of one of those rituals that's been kind of hand waved just depicted in its entirety, whether written or on screen. And for me, that was super interesting. On top of that, uh, some of the kind of imagery in the movie, uh, you know, it's supposed to be very dark, but it's kind of reminiscent of some of the uh, kind of like ascetic Christian cults that have popped up throughout history um, that have, you know, kind of 
uh, issued comfort or wealth. So I kind of liked, th there's kind of like this interplay between like Christian imagery and, you know, very dark occult stuff. And then on top of that, it's a horror movie, uh, which makes me like it. It's got a lot of horror tropes going on in it from the soundtrack, which is just very A24 artsy horror, you know, droning, uh, non-melodic stuff, which I'm very into, um, to these kind of long shots of the Welsh countryside that are very lush oh, in a stark so contrast um, to everything that's going on within the main plot. So this movie actually really worked for me. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, obviously I recommended it, but I just want it to be known that I recommended it because it worked for me and not purely to torture my co-hosts. That was um, an added benefit. That was just <laughs> icing on the cake for you. Every six weeks, I just have a bad weekend where I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hank's, Hank's trying to bomb our viewership again. <laughs> Wait, but did you at least like the Welsh countryside, Keegan? No, I don't give shit. What the what? fuck? What? All three of us live in the Pacific Northwest, which I can honestly make the case is infinitely more beautiful than a little island north of the UK. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I, I, I want to apologize to any of our Welsh <laughs> listeners that we have. I can say that because all of our foreign listeners are in India and Brazil, and they will probably <laughs> agree with me. <laughs> I, I don't think I have to double down on my hate, no, my hate, my, my dislike of British concepts for our Indian listeners. I'm sure I have a huge backing there. <laughs> So, so anyway, uh, you know, Keegan just hates anything like in the Anglo sphere. I think is the no, no, just kidding. I'm I don't just know kidding. if I want to take the anti-white stance. I think that's a little rough. Um, but anyway, yeah. So this movie clearly not for everyone, um, but it is for some of us. Uh, I think I've touched on most of my spoiler-free things that I like about the movie. I think to talk about uh, some of the other things that I like that. I think potentially Keegan disliked and Taylor is more neutral on, we're going to have to move into spoilers. So, are my co-hosts ready to move into spoiler uh, spoiler full discussion, or do you have anything else you want to touch on? I, I actually have I'm something. Good. There's okay. something directly that you said in your non-spoiler that I want to follow up on. So okay. let's go take a pee break and, and bring this back. Okay, okay. Then right. we'll take a quick pee break and we'll be back. And we're back. So, for those of you that are still with us, this is the spoiler-full part of the Rotating Reels review of A Dark Song. If you haven't seen the movie and think you'd like to, you should pause at this point and go watch it, because we're going to spoil the whole thing. Now, with that said, um, if you've watched the rest of this review, you know that there is some split in opinion of the, of the hosts on the quality of this movie. Um, I think everyone knows where I lie, and, uh, you know, if you've seen the movie, you probably know why I lie there, if you've listened to any of our other reviews. This is totally up my alley. So I think the most interesting question is uh, what Keegan, you know, specifically felt, you know, what wasn't very good. So I'm going to hand it over to him, first thing here, to just let him rail on this as much as he wants. Keegan, well, okay. what have you got? And again, I, I don't feel so passionately about this movie where it's like I can just sit here and rail on it. It's don't what hide I behind that. Don't hide behind well, that. And here's the thing: what I anticipate this being is more of you guys like, did you like this? And I just, just no, just flat no. I, I didn't like A. I didn't like B. Didn't like C. But one of the things that you said earlier in your spoiler-free section is you were saying like, one of the things that stood out to you is that oftentimes when you're reading these these texts. They will talk about these are endeavors that some magician went through, or not. I don't know if I should say magician. Is that 
Is that bad? Yeah, that works. Magician's fine. Okay, okay. So yeah, so some endeavor that a magician went through in their early career that is is not interesting enough to explore. And I think there's a parallel to be drawn with our review of the Green Knight because you know obviously the the plight of a magician and, and the conquests of a knight are very different, but. Oftentimes we see with these old texts that these knights are like, you know, they went through A, B, and C, and they had these long endeavors that they went through to make themselves a chivalrous knight, and now this is King Arthur, you know, A, B, and C. But oftentimes those stories are not told in depth, similar to what you were talking about. But obviously this movie's working with a smaller budget than The Green Knight is, and the events that happen can't be as interesting as, the, uh, you know, a major A24 production. But I think there's ways to tell these stories that are inherently more interesting, right? And... You guys have talked about these beautiful shots of the countryside. I know that we're working with a smaller, you know, contained setting and things like that, but I just feel like artistically there's a more interesting way to convey a story of someone going through a plight of their early career of, you know, something that would often be a, a side story or a short blurb during a longer tale. Like, I just, I didn't feel like there was anything visually interesting about this that couldn't have just been wrapped up as, oh, he, he helped a woman in her house. She was a vengeful mother who had lost her son. And, right, like, I, I just don't think devoting two hours to this story is, is what, what that, you know, what the actual narrative requires. I don't think, I don't think you get what was going on on screen i don't think I don't, like really they, they were they they were talking to demons and angels and shit right they were joining our plane of reality with other planes of reality and you know there i mean I, I, this was a pretty significant thing and i think the fact that historical texts always gloss over this right because the rites i'm putting air quotes in the rites that they used for this ritual have been people have been making up shit like this for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? This was based on a lot of real things people made up. And the reason they always gloss over it is because it was all bullshit, right? Like, no, nobody was actually opening portals to other worlds or anything. So they never go into depth about it because then you would get to pick it apart and everything. So in this movie, you have to, the question is, you know, in the world of the movie, is did this actually happen? Are these people just nuts and imagining things? Um, and I, I, that's an interesting stuff I want to talk about too. What is but real, okay, so to not. follow up on but, that, but, though, but right, if it is real, right, they're literally talking to demons and angels, and we're so we're getting a peek behind the curtain. We're seeing what the wizard does to actually make all this stuff happen. No, we're not. No, we're not. If, here's the thing: <laughs> if we're looking at the Green Knight by exact comparison, Sir Gawain never spoke to you know eight. 300 feet tall nude blue giants. He never yeah. talked to a fox in the woods. These are things that inherently, I agree, are made up first for the sake of folklore. And they're, they're interesting stories to be told by Fireside. But show me these things. Don't tell me. And again, I understand we're working with a smaller budget, right? We can't do a one-to-one -one of the Green Knight. But yeah, yeah. show me an interesting conversation between people talking to gods or talking to the devil, right? Like, I just don't think that this needs to be applied to the medium of film. I actually think, were this a short story, I think it would be a lot more interesting. But in the same way that, we're, you know, we're conversing with gods and we're, we're talking, you know, a demon is using my son's voice to talk to me. These are things that could be way more interestingly explored than like, oh, you say it's working, but it's not working. I, you drown me in the bathtub. Like, it's nothing there is visually interesting. It's in concept, okay. very striking, but watching it is not enjoyable in any means. I, okay. You know, I'm actually going to disagree. I think that it is pretty visually interesting. 
Um, I like I, I honestly just thought like the, the the composition of shots was really impressive to me throughout. And the drowning scene in particular, obviously the drowning is pretty icky. Like I'm not like oh man, I loved watching him drown her. But there's the the uh, the the post drowning scene where you have kind of the shot that's half in, half out of the bathroom where he waits a moment before uh, fishing her out and doing CPR. Like that whole yeah. lingering shot, I thought was visually spectacular. So I think this might be a taste difference, which is fine. I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong. You know, like, obviously, if you were bored while you were watching it, that's, you know, that's that's your decision to make. I'm just saying that uh, I, I don't think that... Uh, it's the wrong I, one, but it's your you decision. You chose to be a, a contrarian, a boring contrarian. Well, no, what I'm saying is more, you know, I, I think that... Uh, it's it's perfectly fine to argue that you found that boring, but I don't think you can necessarily argue that it was objectively boring because I'm also a person and I was enthralled. <laughs> I had to pause the movie once and I was upset. Um, and then also that once, is that is yeah. in stark contrast to my experience yeah. where I actually had to watch this movie three different times. I had to, to bring myself to enjoy it. I would each time get myself up to them talking in the car, and I was like, "Ah, we got to do this. We I have to watch this." I, sorry, Keegan, I, I, cut you I feel off. like I feel like you you don't like like you're not interested in occult stuff, right? So for you already like eh, not at all. Yeah, so you're like eh, or whatever. And then it gets a little gross, and you're like, mm, now I don't like any of this. And then but, okay. I, that's why I feel like you're being grumpy about this. Well, then here's the thing, too. I, perhaps, right? I don't give a shit about the occult, right? It's all yeah. silly stories. We all have been telling each other silly stories for hundreds of thousands of years. Who cares, right? Yeah. But, you know, to draw a somewhat similar comparison to another movie, I love Robert Eggers' The Witch. I, you know, and that's a New England folklore, and it's similar yeah. about a witch in the woods, and ultimately turns out to be true. It has the same conclusion as this movie, and I yeah. thought that movie was enthralling, even though it was equally as slow and and you know confined in setting. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I guess though, I, I I love the witch. I'm not going to be like this is better than the witch. The witch is better <laughs> than a dark song. Like I'm not I'm not sure. going to get out here. Yeah. But I would, uh, there, there are a couple things that I would say to that, which is, first of all, I, I don't really think a dark song, I, I, don't, I don't think comparing it to something that's based on folklore is quite an apt comparison, because I think this sort of occultism is not something that you ever really stumble upon. And in, in stories about people that practice this sort of occultism, it's rarely something they've stumbled upon. It's something they have searched for, they've found self-proclaimed experts that claim they can teach them, and then that happens. Um, whereas folklore is something that's passed down around you. It's something that kind of happens to you. It's part of your surroundings. Um, and I think all mm. that is to say that uh, kind of the accessible nature of the witch, uh, and the, I think part of the reason that it was so popular with such a, a pretty broad audience for a horror film is that it is a movie about folklore. It's something that's kind of like this shared New England thing. You know, it's like the, 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 the setting is familiar. We're all familiar with this kind of like puritanical background. It's, it's something that's fairly familiar and accessible for a lot of audiences. This movie, I think, is inherently unaccessible because it's calling upon a lot of imagery and a lot of practices that are not at all familiar to most audiences. Like, lots of people have never seen, like, the Sephiroth or anything from yeah. the Kabbalah. You know, lots of, lots of uh, audiences have never read, uh, you know, like, The Lesser Key of Solomon or uh, what's the book they're reading from? The, the Rite of Abramelin? Like, yeah. that's, that's a real book, but most people, like, they hear Abramelin 
and they don't know a it's medicine yeah. or what's like antibiotic. Um, yeah. Um, no, but, I, but that, but that's, but that's yeah. beautiful, right? Because this, this whole, there's this whole, um, through line in, in the Western world of occultism as practiced by the aristocratic type people, right? By practice, by very privileged people that thought they could find the secrets to the universe and everything else. And they kept it secret and had secret societies devoted to it and everything else. And so that there's like, that is wholly different than when there were witch burnings or things like that, right? This is like rich, fancy people fucking around with shit. And this, that's what these books were written for. It, it was who they were trying to sell the books to. And this is just sort of an exploration of those rituals that never get any time themselves. Yeah, but and so, oh, go ahead. just one thing is like, and I think the key difference there is that in The Witch, this is interesting. It's something that, you know, seems like it could happen to a normal family in some sense. But A Dark Song is about someone that had a lot of resources and used them and tried very hard to get to everything that happened in the film. And that motivation, I think, makes the impact very different. You know, it's, it's very different to see something like The Witch, where it's like, this was an unfortunate thing to happen. Whereas you watch A Dark Song, and you're like, this is something you paid an exorbitant amount for, and you knew it was going to be terrible, and you still, like, went after it. And that, that, that kind of motivation, for me at least, uh, adds kind of a different lens of interest to it. Okay. So, I, so, okay, so two things to kind of tie into that. And the first is that... I think maybe I'm being a little reductive in what I'm about to say. So just to preface that, but I personally always kind of growing up in the West Coast, you know, for most of, if not all of my adult formative years, I have not lived a life near any religion or, you know, family that is anywhere near religious by any means. So from my perspective as a 21st century audience, right, the idea of a New England folklore and the occult presence in northern United Kingdom, these are both equally foreign concepts to me. And I think yeah. clearly like there there are differences which you guys brought up. You know, I, I think you did a good job of, of kind of separating those two. But from my perspective as a modern viewer, I, I don't know that there's enough to drive the difference when I'm watching the movie, right? And I like what you brought up about this is this is a movie about a person who is paying a toll for something that they invited upon themselves. And I think that's true, but also, you know, given kind of our roles that we play on this show, a lot of the movies that I watch and that I recommend to us are, you know, either anime or Korean thrillers. And I think there's this similar through line with a lot of Korean thrillers, you know, post-1990, that many of these are retribution stories where someone, you know, they do something horrible earlier in their life and they now have to come to terms with those things and, and, and the consequences of those actions. And so maybe I've seen them, obviously, in very different terms, but I've seen that through line of vengeance and, and not being able to forgive played out better in other kinds of i don't want to say another medium but another genre but i guess I, there's just something about there's a kind of distance where i just can't ever really engage with this movie okay and you know that's fair enough you know like like i, I think it's clear enough that you kind of you know i'm not going to argue like you didn't get what was yeah. going on under the hood you know but, but with I, that being said yeah. i i think i have enough dissent to this and i don't want to derail any conversations further right like i i I think that there are merits to this movie that I think the two of you probably should discuss that I would rather sit back for a little bit and kind of just observe and, and jump in here and there as opposed to just kind of a, you know, <laughs> dueling argument about the, the quality of the movie. Well, I, I mean, uh, your your 
your points actually go right into like the first i don't know criticism i would have of the movie which is like you should have been somebody this movie captured right from 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 just like a like a a marketing standpoint right for trying to get eyeballs on the screen um and i would have liked a lot more if when they're these two characters are initially meeting and they're talking about stuff they do it a little bit but i would have liked if they explained all of this more Right. Like they're talking about he's like, what right did you pick and who'd you talk to and blah, blah, blah. And I think that might have helped, you know, for people that like, I've, I've never read any occult books, but I have friends that have. And so I, I've kind of heard these things. So I'm not like an expert. And so I was like kind of lost with a lot of it. And I would have liked more of that explanation. I would have liked the the you know, the uh, I forget his name, the um Solomon uh, man Solomon yeah I would have liked Solomon explaining to her and we can learn through that process as she learns and kind of going through the nitty-gritty more of it I think that would have been more interesting for me and I think it maybe would have grabbed other viewers maybe like Keegan yeah you know I think that's fair like honestly I would have liked a little bit more of the nitty-gritty I haven't read like a lot of occult texts but you know I've read well, I, I don't want to get into the details, but, you know, like the, the Book of Abremlin <laughs> was like not a new name to me. Uh, you know, yeah. like they're, 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 they're referring to, you know, the Tree of Life and the Sephiroth and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know these words. You know, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar, at, the, at least with all these. Um, but I would have liked, you know, a little bit more exploration of the process um, than, than we were given. I think that's that's perfectly valid. Um, that said... The exploration we were given, I was pretty fond of. You know, they were talking about, you know, doing things cyclically, moving through different chambers, all of that. Uh, and this is going to sound kind of weird, so, you know, tell me if you guys think this is just completely <laughs> off base. But, you know, it was almost like the most, like, fucked up, like, you know, like, video to sleep to. <clears throat> You know, like we're moving through each of the circles, and they're like explaining a process, like in like a cult in, ASMR. Yeah, it, it, like a cult <laughs> ASMR. I don't know. It really, uh, I really enjoyed that. And like my, my major complaint with all that stuff is just like, yeah, we could have done that a bit more. You know, like I love the Welsh yeah, countryside, yeah. but just throw a couple more of those scenes in. You know, cut some of the the lush greenery out. Um, yeah, I, Hank, he I would say. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll take my cult uh, ASMR with a little bit less sexual assault and screaming, personally. <laughs> well, that's a whole, that's a whole different, a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think I'll, I'll just respond to that. The sexual assault is obviously not my favorite uh, part of this movie. There's a scene uh, where Solomon has uh, the, I can't remember the name of the protagonist woman, which feels terrible given this. Hank, um, it's just mean man and forlorn mother, okay? As yeah. they will be known. Her name <laughs> is Sophia, but forlorn mother. He has her undress and he masturbates. And uh, it's it's very gross and it's revealed that it's not part of the ritual, it's just for him. Just um, a peekaboo. Yeah, just a peekaboo. And uh, <sighs> that sucks. Like, it's pretty rough <laughs> to watch. It's a pretty dragged out scene. And that's actually, like, that sort of thing isn't something that I really like that much in my horror. I like my horror to be, like, a, a, a little bit more cosmological and a little bit less, like, you know, every day in a big city. Um, yeah. You know, so, like, I didn't super love that. And I'm not going to argue that I did. Um, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I, and again, that's not to say yeah. that I thought you did enjoy that. But. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, I think it's entirely possible that uh, there there was something in the filmmaker's life that made them feel compelled uh, to include that. So I'm not going to argue <laughs> that it should have been entirely excluded either. You know, like I don't want to argue that these things should never be depicted 
but that you know that stuff didn't land for me entirely that said it's a the movie's an hour and 40 minutes that's like two minutes of the runtime, and like the rest of it is stuff that i'm very interested in and not all that bothered by i'm able to you know let it pass um, it well, didn't that, seem that... like especially transgressive to me like it didn't seem like the filmmaker was making it happen because like that was their kink or something and they just wanted to you know, subject the world to it like it, it seemed a bit more plot driven than than that even though like, like, it didn't seem evil hearted even if it was gross is what I'm trying to say it didn't seem like a, you know the uh, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers movies where you're like wow this is terrible to watch in retrospect <laughs> well, but yeah. that 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 scene kind of opens up a bigger question about the characterization of Solomon in general, which is why was he such a dick? Mm-hmm. What did that add <laughs> to the movie, right? So you have these two characters trapped in in a house together, right? So an easy way to create anything interesting is to get some conflict between the characters, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole time I kept wondering, is this really doing anything for the plot to have this guy be such a dick? Couldn't he have been, like, a nice shaman guy that helped guide her? And I get that he was doing it all for his own reasons or whatever else, but, like, I just I just don't know. I think it would have been a better movie if they had been friends, like, if he had been nice to her, you I, know? I actually disagree with that a little bit. Like, okay, again, right. I don't actually necessarily argue that the, the, the sexual bent to it was that necessary. Could have done without it. But I do think that, for me at least, the plot works better with Solomon being kind of a dick that she has to sometimes find comfort in because it adds like a whole layer of tension kind of underneath the cosmological level where it's not like you know like the house may be unsafe due to these spirits but at least we have each other there's this kind of internal strife too that i think just adds kind of additional tension to the movie you know she can be afraid of you know opening the door in a given scene because of the demons but she also has to be afraid of opening the door because of solomon i think that keeping the tension all the way down works for me even if i don't really agree Mm. with exactly how that was executed Mm. okay yeah okay i didn't want any comfort (laughs) well i just i just kept thinking that that you know we're dealing with such creepy heady stuff already with the celestial terror right that like having interpersonal drama doesn't like you you know ignore the sexual assault and whatever Mm -hmm. else right just him being rude to her and yelling at her right like that just seemed like do we have time for this we're trying to summon (laughs) demons and we gotta like be dicks to each other we don't have time for this this is too serious (laughs) yeah and you know that seems fair enough you know like maybe they don't have time for it but uh i don't know from from, uh, i i feel like the movie for me wouldn't have hit as hard as if there were like moments of them being just friendly with you know like no tension between them i feel like it would have been a a little bit too cozy for me in a way um but they could have amped up the celestial stuff you know what i mean they could have made that even more terrifying oh i like the celestial stuff where it was at okay all right yeah no i i liked that it wasn't clear that it was working until it was very clear um, I just yeah. want to. I just want to pull Keegan back in. I want to. I want to find a way <laughs> well, to, to so rewrite this movie so stuff, Keegan likes it. So by celestial stuff, are you talking about the the third act where stuff gets really crazy and we have other actors coming in and we you know we have these these people from the other world and we have the the guy wearing a suit of armor? Is that what you mean, or are you saying like celestial beasts throughout the entire movie? I, I'm thinking the entire thing, like, you know, when he's, I, I really, really liked when he was trying, at the very beginning, when he's trying to stress the importance and danger of what they're doing, and I, I liked that when he was like, this is not a fucking game, 
I, I that was great tension mm -hmm. for me because we have no idea what he's talking about. We don't know if he's insane or not, right? That that worked for me. What? No, I did, I was like, all right, he's just a jerk, and it is, to me it established that he's just going to be mean, and I'm no, like, I this is a it. one note character. I I don't know. I I I liked it too. Like, in you know, this could be. You know, kind of like I'm a horror fan, so I'm always going to like it. But it, it, there's always this stress of like, if you make one misstep during some great occult, occult ritual, that could be, you know, the end of you and all your loved ones or some bullshit. And so, like, him stressing that as someone that's kind of familiar with those tropes, it kind of like made the question in my mind super highlighted of like, is he right? And like, it actually is this dangerous, and I need to be worried for them for that reason. Or is he crazy and a dick and I have to be scared for Sophia for that reason? Like it built like kind of tension from two angles for me. It totally worked for me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I immediately thought to fear for Sophia's character. I Like the minute he just starts being crazy and says, you have to call me Mr. Whatever. And like, he's just basically like my gut reaction was true. And that's not fun to feel right. That like, this oh, is, I mean, this I knew that I should be afraid for her, but, uh, but I, what, I didn't know. I, I just, yeah. I mean like, yeah, his his jerkishness never proved to be anything other than him just being kind of a control freak, right? Like, I just feel mm -hmm. like he proves himself to be kind of a jerk from the get-go. And it's not that I needed redemption for this character, but it's like, oh, we're 10 minutes in, he's going to be a dick, and then he is consistently going to be a dick. I mean, he's just going to be our guide into the spirit world who's also, you know, also a dick. I, I just... I don't know, yeah. and I, I think, like, there might have been tension there, but I just didn't feel it. I'm like, there's not tension of, like... Is he doing this because he's scared? It's like he's just kind of a control freak and he just is more concerned with keeping her in line as well as moving this along as opposed to he scared himself. Mm -hmm. Well, we really don't learn much about him, right? Like we know that yeah. we can vaguely figure out what he's going to ask at the end, you know, if, if it, all the thing goes through. But for me, it's like if we're only going to have really two characters in this movie, we can't we can't just have him be the guy who's a dick, right? We have to have a little bit of his motivation. We gotta maybe tell a story of one of the other times you tried to do this ritual and what happened there yeah. and stuff stuff like that. Yeah, and one and of the I, other things I think was oh, oh go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say Good I job. can agree with that. I would have liked a bit more Solomon that wasn't just Solomon being a dick, you know? Like I would have liked like a little bit you know, he says he's done this three times before, it was successful once. Tell us about what other times it wasn't. You know, just give us something mm -hmm. to dread. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that could that could have been a source of tension, yeah. like from him, and that would have worked better for me. Just the interpersonal conflict just didn't. I the, it wasn't enough to make me dislike the occult stuff, but it didn't it didn't help. Can we talk about the sister? Oh, oh the, uh, sister? The, the Sophia's sister. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 one scene in the beginning where she meets with the sister, and her sister's like, "You can't be doing this shit. I'm Catholic." Yeah. yeah, and she's like, oh, my little sister gonna save me. What would yeah. you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, talk what do you want to talk about? I have nothing to say, man. I just, Get into what the it. fuck? Why was that there? We don't need that. That We, we, we made hey, Taylor, four characters. It sounds like you don't like this movie, man. Why don't you just come to my side and admit this movie kind of <laughs> sucks? Stop trying to play. You know, you're trying to be an everyman right now. You're trying to be neutral when it very much sounds like you didn't think this movie was good. Just admit no, it to yourself. I, I really liked parts of it, and I really disliked parts of it. I, I'm like, I feel and both of what you guys are feeling. I think you're lying to yourself. I don't think there's anything in this movie that warrants <laughs> anything towards even close to positive emotion. I just, there's nothing that this movie does well that is like, oh, I, I feel like this is enough to counterbalance this trash. 
I, and I'm, I, I just I like the big reveal at the I'm end. Lost. I was there for it. I was there. I wish that had happened in the midway point. I wanted more giant naked alien or angels. I wanted more. That, Wait, you that, like the exactly angel? What I'm I hated the angel. I loved the angel. The I angel is the angel's the angel main is complaint the... in the movie. What? No, I agree with Taylor one hundred percent. You move that what? up, that becomes the giants from the Green Knight. You introduce, you establish that this is otherworldly. Like we're fucking around with things that are not of our human world and our understanding and science mm-hmm. as we know it. Mm-hmm. And it's you, boom, we're in. We agree with him, and we're that. That is the the you know circle around to make that character not a douche because we're like, oh, he actually has seen this fucking giant helmeted man that comes into your room and grants you a wish. So it, we're he's not fucking around, man. We. Should to listen to what he says. We, it needed and to from be from there on. No, go, no, go, yeah, go, go. I'm just gonna say from there on, we trust him, and now he's infallible. Like he is a character that we're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna trust whatever you say, right? And then all of this otherworldly stuff is like, it's 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 front of our mind from there on. There on. And out. if he's a dick, and if he's like, do as I fucking say, you're like, well, I guess there's giant alien angels, so you, we gotta do it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't agree. So for, for those of you that for some reason, you know, are listening to this and haven't watched it, uh, there's a giant angel that comes at the end, uh, grants Sophia's wish. And uh, it's actually my big complaint with the movie. I wish they'd never shown the angel. I was fine with all the demon stuff, but I really wish the, the ritual hadn't worked because the whole point of the movie was to summon the angel. Um, it, uh, it, it it didn't work for me. You know, having the angel work, uh, that wasn't a satisfying conclusion uh, to the story for me. I thought that this story should end in tragedy, more or less. Oh. Um, and and my, I, my little I, heart couldn't take it. Yeah, I, I so, didn't like it. Like, it, 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 there's the scene at the end where like the demons are dragging her into the basement, and that's like the final tribulation before she meets the angel. When I watched it both times, I was like, they should have dragged her in, cut to black, roll credits. Like that was that was my you ending for the movie. Um, <laughs> so, it, it was it was like you you shouldn't have done this. Like I'm sorry, Sophia. This was clearly the wrong choice. You hired the wrong guy. Solomon knew what he was talking about, but he was a dick, and he you know wasn't as pure as you needed to be for this whole thing. The demons got you. You know, like I I I thought that the movie should have been a tragedy. Uh, I, I I felt like it was like a little bit tonally inconsistent to me to to you know show that all this tribulation was like worth something because like I feel like when I'm I'm seeing this occult stuff usually the message is that you know like it's it's really not you know and that's kind of what I was prepared for and expecting and the angel didn't work for me personally I was fine with it being different. <laughs> So, Hank, if you were brought in as a punch-up writer, let's say this, right? You're brought in on the script, and you're, you're going to do some punch-ups. You're going to clean it up and make it the way that you think would be appropriate narratively. Your story would be two people in a house. There's a sexual assault. They're mean to each other. Okay, if I'm a punch-up writer, I then... took out the sexual assault. <laughs> so th- okay, so that's gone, right? So we have two people in a house for two hours. They yell at each other back and forth, and then a woman walks out to a salty driveway. And then we're done. Like I, I just so it's, there's no, nothing. No. Okay, tell you what. No, she Here's, goes. She goes into the basement. Demons got her. That's it. Okay, so and if Hank's I come in, version. I'm the punch up writer. Here's how a dark song goes. This is a rotating reels first. I'm going to tell you my dream plot for this one. <laughs> okay, so movie opens uh, pretty much exactly as it did, as it was. We're introduced to Sophia getting shown the house. We never deal with her sister. 
we have a little bit longer of her meeting Solomon, going through kind of the requirements for the ritual, a bit more information on the fasting, on the details of the house, maybe some geometric nonsense about the house. I'd love to see them drawing some lines and measuring some angles rather than eyeballing it. That's just me. Um, but anyway, from there we get to the, you know, the circle of salt around the house, all that stuff. We go through some of the ritual stuff. Um, we have less lingering shots outside the house. We have more shots of the floor geometries as well as of the books they're reading, the candles they're lighting, like a little bit more information about what's going on. There are interspersed moments of tension between them, um, not just to make David seem a dick, but partially because it builds up a bigger question in your mind of even if this is real, is it going to work with this much internal tension? Then, mm. you know, there's with all that happening, there's still the scene where David gets stabbed through the side, dies slowly of an infection. She has to continue going through the ritual on her own. She eventually gives up, but the ritual is complete at this point. The demons manage to capture her. They drag her into the basement. The end. I think that would have been better. I think that would have been better. I don't like your story either, man, to be honest. <laughs> let's get let's let's get the director slash writer Liam Gavin. Let's get him on the show. We'll throw run some of these ideas by him, give him some notes, see what he see what he thinks. How's that sound, everybody? I say, hey, Liam Gavin, where do you live? Okay, because I'm coming to you Wales, wherever the Wales fuck you live the in your little shitty country of the UK, and I'm gonna be mean to you in person because I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna invite him on. It's uh, gonna be me, Taylor, and Keegan. Taylor is like pretty neutral to the film. Keegan is not, and I'm like, I liked it. Thanks. <laughs> I, it's okay. I have another thing I want to bring into this. Um, and it's it's going to be a little bit of a criticism about the movie and a little bit of a criticism about the people that like it. So <laughs> I just want to, again, I'm going to use the big P word, and this comes up with a lot of film critics. I think this is a pretentious movie for pretentious people, and I think this is kind of a heady horror movie, um, but something that I think that kind of ruins that, that I think your punch-ups do a little bit of a job of clearing up, is that this movie spends an hour and 30 minutes of just meandering around a house and just being really boring and pretending like it's better than horror tropes, right? We are a horror movie, not by definition, but you know, we're gonna have horror elements sprinkled throughout. We're gonna be better than thou. And, but then in the end, it just divulges into the same horror tropes we always see, right? We have masked mummy people in blue lighting and we have quick cuts and a very different cinematography style and we have them dragging her down to the basement yeah, we get kind of a crazy fantastical reveal in the end, but ultimately it's it's kind of like every Netflix horror movie ending, right? Like we have a little bit of a twist in that it worked, I guess, but it it was like, I would have respected it more if it chose to be pretentious throughout. Like, I, I, and, and I say I like the angel in the end, but maybe I agree in that I wish that it, it would have either been crazy goofy the whole time and there's little spirit people jumping down from the ceilings and messing with them, or it just doesn't do any of it, right? Because it's you can't have it both ways, in my opinion. Um, you know, it might be pretentious, I'll give you that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if you need to be pretentious to enjoy this, then I'm glad I'm pretentious, because I had a great time. Um, I didn't strike yeah. me as pretentious at all. I, I thought the yeah. character of Solomon and having him be, you know, a more uh, ma man of the people and, and constantly criticizing Sophia for being posh 
I thought I thought I really I initially really liked Solomon. I liked the idea of just like just a hardworking salt of the earth British guy that's fucking around with the occult. I thought that was great, and I and I, and I liked that initial drama. And then of course Solomon became a totally different kind of person. But I thought that was fine. I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was pretentious at all. Yeah, I would also say this movie is full of horror tropes throughout, from the camera work to the soundtrack to even like the casting. Like the 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 guy they cast is Solomon. He looks like he's a character that's in every British horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. just like a guy that's bald with a beard and big bags under his eyes. He's grumpy the whole time. Like they, they didn't have jump scares throughout, but the movie was really, really tropey. Um, yeah. Keegan, what do you think of the acting? fine i i don't love the script i like i think the script and the direction are bad so it's like i i don't think there's any acting that could pull it around to be to be any kind of saving grace right but like, did you believe and, solomon was solomon and sophia was sophia no i it was a guy that was written to be a douchebag and it's some edgar wright it's some guy who wanted to be an edgar wright extra right he wanted to be in Shaun of the dead couldn't get the role and he's here in this this movie kind of delivering shitty lines yeah actually (laughs) solomon was in the end of the world so oh the worst of the cornetto trilogy yeah (laughs) i see (laughs) very fitting very fitting Oh wow, Keegan hated this one. Wait, was it better or worse than Space Jam Two? I and I literally—that's so funny you said that because after I watched this movie, I went to iTunes and I scrolled through every episode, and I'm like, is there a movie that I would not watch thrice over before watching this movie again? And I would rather watch Space Jam three times back to back to back before watching a Dark Song ever again. Honestly. Wow. It's mindless fun, and I could watch it and tune it out as opposed to this, which I think is actually offensively bad. Wow. Hmm. Wow. That that peekaboo really got you, huh? I, I, I don't say this no. to, and it's not just that I don't say this to be contrarian. I like arguing, but I, I think this is an instance where I, I'm not choosing to, to enjoy this for the sake of arguing with you guys. I just, it's not there for me. The pieces yeah. just didn't coalesce into anything interesting in my mind okay well when hank and i are summoning our gardening angels we know who not to invite to <laughs> yeah it's and gonna be me so and taylor now. locked up in a house in Eating wales meat. yeah you know it's gonna be terrible we're gonna pee on the floor you know uh, what my wish is gonna be is... my wish is gonna be that keegan likes this movie that's what i'm gonna <laughs> wish for yeah yeah sophia wanted the power to forgive taylor wants for keegan the power to enjoy a dark song yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. But I want and him I'm to I'm going maintain... to die from a knife wound infection. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Candyman, like the new Nia DaCosta Candyman, where like all, all of the, the characters of color are like, that's some crazy white people stuff. That's me. <laughs> that's just me choosing to abstain from anything oh, you guys are doing. Wait, I can't believe I forgot about this. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie is when he's uh, writing, uh, or no, she's writing on his back, I think. Someone's mm-hmm. writing on somebody's back. Yeah. And it's all different languages, and there's Chinese characters. And I was like, this is like a cult Mad Libs. We just grab a spell from this <laughs> culture to this, and we just put it all in. <laughs> anyway, so it wasn't just white people. Is what I'm getting at. I think it's time for uh, some ratings. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'm generous, so I'm gonna let Keegan go first. Oh, I don't know if that's generous. All right, uh, I'll go. For, I'll, I'll give my final thoughts on this and give it a rating. Uh, I just I don't think that this movie warrants existence by any means. <laughs> I, I just think honestly that this movie was completely uninteresting to me and. Uh, I think at best this was 
something that I'm completely neutral on, and at worst, I think this was something that was kind of offensive and unnecessary. Uh, and I just I don't feel that this is a movie I will ever remember outside of you know getting into a fun argument about it on our show. <laughs> um, I just truly I don't feel particular about this movie in any way, um, and for that reason, I choose not to rate this movie because I just I don't want to give it that. Don't kind do of that. You can't do mind. that. If you want to give Keegan it zero out of ten, you got to do it. Once. <sighs> I mean, or you can I'm, give it a zero out of ten. No, I, I I thought about doing that, but I choose not to rate it. I honestly, I just I don't want to give it any more peace of mind. That's a rotating reels first, I think. It is. I think it is. Well then, Taylor, what have you got? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it seven and a half out of ten occult Mad Libs. <laughs> Fuck I, you. I, I thought I thought there was some good ideas. Uh, I thought the acting was great. I just think that we need to change the story a little bit, change the characterizations a little bit, and we could have a real we could have a good real movie here. Yeah. Well, uh, for myself, you know, I recommended the movie, um, and uh, I'm actually a little bit sad that I don't know if I'm going to give it as high of a rating as Taylor. But what I will say is that uh, I I loved a lot about this movie. I think the premise of it is something that I've been wanting to see for years. Every time I see them gloss over a ritual, I'm like, show me what that looks like. Like, you say it it lasted for months. Like, what were you doing for those months? Now I know. Um, So anyway, loved the, the premise of it. The soundtrack, music to my ears. It was such, you know, tropey art horror nonsense, but I love that. You know, just like off-kilter percussion and like grinding gears. Like, oh, man. Hits me in the heart every time. Love it. Cinematography, (laughs) perfect for me. They had all these scenes that, or all these shots that, you know, like weren't like totally like centered on the focal point. They had great shots of the Welsh countryside. Landed for me. Acting was great thought the plot was or not the, not even the plot necessarily but the script uh was kind of weak uh the script was where it fell down for me uh it, it, like like taylor said it's totally horror mad libs um you know like they have some some familiar touch points of occultism um between you know the guy's name being solomon the book of abramelin but uh they also just kind of mixed and matched uh, to make their purposes uh and it, that that's fine enough but uh it didn't make for an entirely compelling script but the rest of the pieces came together for me pretty nicely <clears throat> and i think i would give it a uh, uh like a 12 out of 17 scribbled out occult manuals yeah wow Wow, I'm yeah. I'm still I'm still confused why you don't like it so much, Gigan. Like I, I I've heard all your points. I just it doesn't it doesn't jive with my mental map of, of your brain. Like it's just like just out of left. I just don't think there's I don't think there's anything there to like, honestly. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. like you're totally entitled to that opinion. You know, like I I I'm honestly just kind of sorry because I I honestly recommended it because I watched it and I was like, yeah, I I enjoyed this well. Like I didn't pick it to to make you angry, but for next Hank week, I've got something that I think you'll like better. Um, we you know what? Yeah. No, we've we've opened up the floodgates at this point and. For the next five, you know, what is it? Five Keegan weeks, I think we're probably going to be doing the Twilight movies at this pace. <laughs> I, you know I've seen them, right? Like, I can stand the Twilight movies. <sighs> Maybe we'll do a Ryan Gosling marathon then. Whatever. Okay. Something oh, to get at you guys. Don't nice. punish Taylor. <laughs> That's what did I do. 
Okay. Hey, what are we watching next week and what are we doing for the Patreon? Yeah, so next week, I think we've got something that I know at least Keegan is more excited about than A Dark Song, and I am willing to bet that 99% of our viewership is more excited about it than A Dark Song. <laughs> what we have next week is brand new movie. It's Michael Showalter's The Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's an intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Backer, Baker. Anyway, it's a kind of a biopic. My understanding, my understanding is it has like a little bit of a comedic edge, uh, given the uh, the director is is a famous comedic director, and I think it looks fun. I think uh, televangelists uh, they they need some 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 fun poked at them, um, and I'm excited to see what that looks like in a movie format. So that's going to be our main review next week. Anything to add in on that, Keegan? No, I'm stoked. I've heard great. I mean, Ch- Jessica Chastain between this and um, uh, Scenes from a Marriage, which is her new HBO show, is just having an amazing year. So fingers crossed that she gets some Academy Award recognition this year because uh, I love Jessica, Jessica Chastain. She's amazing. I, I don't really like her. <gasps> yeah. Okay, we we'll found that. Taylor is going to be coming to my defense next week. He's going to be like, there was nothing good about this. Anyway. <laughs> but Hank, are we... Are we doing a Patreon review? We are doing a Patreon review. It's not going to be up this week, but next week we're having a Patreon review that I'm very excited about. I think finally Keegan and I are going to find some horror common ground. We're going to be watching James Wan's new film, Malignant. It's available in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, And I haven't seen it yet. I'm really, really excited to see it because I am a big James Wan fan. You know, you may call me pretentious, but I still love The Conjuring. (laughs) Um, You know, The Conjuring, Insidious, it all does it for me. Um, And I'm excited to see a return to form where he's actually in the the director's chair. It's not just his, you know, the properties that he's kickstarted or not kickstarted, but, you know, started off like not done on Kickstarter. But, you know, he he put the spark to the property. Anyway, I'm really excited about Malignant. (laughs) It's, like I said, it's on HBO Max, so you can watch it if you're, uh, you know, you can watch it on your home couch, which I think is kind of ideal for horror movies. Don't get any shouting teenagers in the theater with you. Um, Unless and... I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm really excited for it. And if you want to hear our review, you're going to have to check out our Patreon. Um, just because this one, even though we're excited, uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye is going to be our, our, our main week review. You know, we got to have something that's not horror in there. We can't stack up too many horror reviews except for you diehard Patreon fans. So <laughs> um, anyway, that's coming up on Patreon. So next week, keep your eyes out for both of those. Also, check out our interview that we just recorded a couple days ago with Richard Shankman, director of The Man From Earth. Um, It's probably going to be up at the same time that that this episode goes up. So if you're hearing me say this, just go back onto Spotify or iTunes or whatever. Check that out. Richard Shankman was a super cool guy. He made a super cool movie. And I totally encourage you to hear what he has to say. And then also go watch the movie, The Man From Earth. Um, And that's all I've got. Pay for it. To, yeah, definitely pay for it. Uh, you know, Go they, buy it. it's it's fine to pirate it, uh, according to him. But uh, I think that all filmmakers deserve a, a couple more bucks in the pocket. So so go go buy it. Um, Except no. Michael Bay, he doesn't need any more bucks in his pocket. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Bay is doing fine. Uh, it's the only one. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's all I've got to say to close out this week. Uh, do either of my co-hosts have anything they want to say before we go? Don't watch a dark song. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you guys so much, mostly for the positivity. <laughs> we miss you too, Taylor. Um, and uh, just for the record, the only reason Keegan's been so salty this week is Taylor's back. It really twisted him in a knot. 
Oh, they're there. <laughs> anyway, join us next week for the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Hank out.